Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I would never do that to you if you gave birth. Well, you couldn't golf, but say. <laughs> At this point, I want to get the nine iron whack him over the head with it. Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of the Therapy Crouch with me, Abby Clancy, and me, Peter Crouch. Uh, we've had a good week, haven't we, babe? We've had a great week. Can, can I just um, reference that we're missing producer Ross today? Okay. He's gone skiing. He didn't ask for permission for this, by the way. So um, I know he's, I know he's got a little bit of a fan base going on. We're getting a lot of messages by saying, "Can we post a picture of Ross because he's got mm. a sexy laugh?" <laughs> yeah. So we must be heart. I can verify for all our fans that he isn't. <laughs> uh, can I just say, uh, although you might be missing his sexy laugh, the uh, editing uh, will be much better. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Ross. No, he, he actually is gorgeous, our Ross. But I would say that because I'm biased. He's my cousin. But anyway. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. So we've had a good week this week. Yeah, really good. What have been up to? And Jonathan Ross, how did you find that? It was great. Um, I loved it. Good I, dynamic there, I thought, on the on the couch. Yeah, I think it, it's always great going on a, on the Jonathan Ross show. He's amazing. Um, and, you know, to see Alan Carr, who we love, mm. friend of ours. So that's that was good. I thought it was, it, we had a great laugh. Yeah, we did. Yeah, it was it was it was a lot of fun, wasn't it? Like, mm. I didn't feel like it was it was similar to this in some ways. Like I ended up thinking I was just on Jonathan's couch with jo- the therapy you know, couch with Jonathan Ross a bit, yeah. And it was just because it was like fun, wasn't it? But it's funny because when I do like kind of TV shows or whatever, I always get so nervous. So to have Pete with me, I just mm. felt so much more secure. Although I was, I did have verbal diarrhea and kept interrupting people. Which I do need to. That's just a that's just a flaw from you, isn't it? Like that's a, that's been going on for years. You're I know. you're interrupting. Like, I, I, if I tell a story, you know, sometimes you tell a story you want it to be good, mm. like, so you you add little bits to it. No, and I don't. You I, just rush through it, get to the punchline to get onto the next subject. No, but I. It's because you just you just have a, a big long, drawn out approach to stories, and I <laughs> you know God. I think. Oh my god! <laughs> That's what a story is. It's not. A, it's not like a bullet point joke, is it? It's not like a knock knock joke or a bang. You know, what do you do? Just a quick joke. It's a story. <laughs> so you don't. You don't rush those. Friends of mine know I butt in, so they're kind of used to it. But I do see people's faces when I butt in all the time, and if they find it really rude. Um, yeah, well, it is rude. So, I, just, just, why do you not think it's? Yeah, but I'm not doing it in a rude way. It's, it's rude. Let's be honest. But I just think normally, like my, my version of stories are, are funnier. 
<laughs> funnier and quicker. Yeah. J j while we're on the subject of you being quite rude, <clears throat> um, where, the other thing that got to me the other day, I'm sitting there and I've, I just noticed it, like it's just crept in and I thought, I'll save that to the therapy crouch because it's therapy. So is this your wine? No, no, no. It's just, just something, to, like I say, a bit of admin. <laughs> Why do you call it admin? Well, it's just something to keep on top of. It's not like a I'm not whining about it. It's just, I'm just wondering why you do it. When I'm sitting there watching telly, why do you always turn the lights out? So I'm sitting there, and it's then you turn it out, and it's pitch black, and you do it every time. Because I'm kind of creating a little bit of ambiance. <laughs> ambiance. I put a little lamp on. I put the um, the kitchen kind of the light where the oven is. I put that on. Mm. It just, I think it's like a wind down. Let's create the mood. Like the kids, if the, if it's complete brightness, the kids are running around. So if lower the lights, it kind of, they know it's bedtime coming so we can relax, watch the TV together. Okay. So it's strategic. It's strategic. And also... Because no, I've never asked you, like, I've, I wondered what that was about. Well, I'm that, sitting there watching telly and all of a sudden it goes complete pitch black. That's one reason. But the other reason is I don't like looking at all the stains on my rug. Really? And in artificial lights, they look worse. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so there's a few things like the rug gets on your nerves. Yeah. Um, so to put it into context, I've got a rug, a sizal rug, which is a fucking ridiculous idea because you can't wash them, you can't get them wet. So What's that's a sizal rug? So a sizal is a, a kind of... all those males here. <laughs> it's a kind of... Um, it's a fabric. It's almost like a kind of wickery straw-like fabric, but you can't wet it. So I got these gorgeous sizal rugs, which are kind of sizal. That's a new word for me. Basket coloured. <laughs> basket coloured. With oh, like with like a, a cream wool, and then I got the a big band around the outside in like off white, which is the, the the bane of my life because if the dog goes out for a wee, he comes in and only stands on the rim. So there's just like muddy footprints and and you can't wash it. So if there's anyone out there who can clean my effing sizal rug, please hit me up because you would take off so much pressure out of my life. The huge problem with rooming in this house. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but you do. And the other day when I said no, to you, is because stop you always standing say, on the rim. Why do you always, say, you always say, don't stand on the rim? The kids do it. But like, it's yeah, on but, the corner. So you try and walk around it and every now and then, you you know. But you, you do you know what you did the other day? You, so I, I don't understand. Like, I've got cream carpet going up the stairs. A cream rim around all my rugs. And... I, it's just a simple room. I've got a basket of slippers next to the door, so you can take your shoes off, put the slippers on. There's no, there should be no muddy footprints in the whole house, like apart from the dog. Um, and I you, caught you rimming the other day, though. No, you didn't, because I, did. I wouldn't rim on my own rug. There's just no <laughs> I chance. I caught her rimming, right? No way. But uh, I, and I, I, said, and I realize what I'm saying, and I'm really enjoying it. But um, you did. You stood on the rim. You literally stood on it. But you jumped on the rim? No, I what you if that was me, it's what I'm saying. This is a constant theme across this podcast is one rule for one and one rule for another. You literally just strolled on the rim, went into the middle of the rug and did something <laughs> and not, then strolled off. I am not gonna dirty my me. own rim. Uh, <laughs> I am just not. But you so I said to Pete, he, he walked in. He walked Stills in and I said, Pete, no shoes on in the house, and he jumped on the rim of the rug and, and like that. And then walked yeah, out. That with was when I was fuming. Like you know, when like it was really petty, but I jumped all over the room. Oh, we haven't talked about Longleat. Do you want to go for it? Oh, yeah. So we've we've had a really nice week this week. We um, 
I'm really enjoying having Pete off at the weekends and I have these amazing ideas in my head that we're going to do all these fun things. But it kind of does end up of <laughs> as me and you doing separate things on the weekend because the kids have got so many... Yeah, but having said that, this Sunday was great. We, we did something all together. Yeah. And I thought we all really enjoyed it. It was amazing. A few hairy moments, but... Well, Pete missed the um, Liverpool game, which he wasn't too happy about. Yeah. So we went to Longleat, which is one of my favourite um, places to visit. It's just such a magical, a magical experience for the kids, you know. We got to feed a little baby panda, a uh, baby red panda, Um the giraffes, which I just love. And, you know, the kids, Jack's really into, like, his reptiles and all of that kind of thing. So I had to hold a fucking snake and a tarantula, which well, did, if yeah, anyone knows me. No, because in the car, I said, Pete, don't leave me to hold the tarantula this week. I didn't have an issue with the tarantula last time. I genuinely... you. No, said, you're scared. No, you said, I'll hold the tarantula, right? And oh, kid, I said I'll hold the tarantula. Yeah, you, you, as if. But I thought there's no need for me to hold it because a parent has held it. I now. can't even hold a guinea pig. I just said to Pete, oh, if you hold the tarantula, it'll be like very Viking today. And it'll really make me fancy. <laughs> I have tarantulas yeah. all over me on stage. <laughs> just throw them on me. She loves it. <laughs> and they've got, they had a, um, they've got a couple of new additions there. They've got um, two sloths, which are incredible. Ouch incredible to look at like and the movement i know you see it in like all the cartoon movies but the movement so, so like slow. just reaching out and getting like the food. bamboo or you would be a sloth how, you, how you talk and how you tell stories because i'm a little <laughs> bit laid back to make me a sloth you're a sloth yeah well what would you be then like a oh, what would you be i think i'd be a kitten or a horse <laughs> a kitten or a horse <laughs> they're quite opposite no, what was that thing he said that... Um, the freaking giant otter or something, the that, most aggressive thing. In yeah, the, what was that? What was the really aggressive... He said they're the most aggressive animal. A warthog. <laughs> 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 what I hate warthogs. No, you'd be a beautiful warthog. But your temperament, I think, is a warthog. He said it's very territorial. Aggressive. <laughs> brash. Shut up. <laughs> you'd, be a, you'd be a giraffe or a sloth. I love the I'm little... Happy being a giraffe. Do you remember we walked into the enclosure and all of them were like that? Like, literally. It's like when you walk into, like, a saloon bar and, and it all goes quiet. <laughs> when, have you ever, when have you ever <laughs> no, been into a saloon bar? Personally, but I mean, <laughs> like in a cowboy film, you know, when they walk through the doors and, it, and then everyone stops and looks and you can just hear a pin drop. Literally, the giraffe enclosure, they all just turn their heads like that and look at you. They were scoping you out. But them. the thing They're is... probably unnerved by me. A giraffe... But has he got out? <laughs> <laughs> a giraffe from the back does look like you naked. No, I'm more like a camel from the back. Yeah, like, like the long do, legs, tiny like arse, and then the like the balls just dangling down in the middle. <laughs> It's like Pete naked, like knowing I'm lying in bed and seeing him that's drying too, himself in the shower. That's too much info, that. I'm like that, looking at him going... Oh, it's attractive. <laughs> giraffe. You are like a giraffe because the, the bum leg ratio. Oh, God, it's the bum leg ratio. Because you're supposed but, to have a bigger bum than your legs and you've got a smaller bum than yours. Yeah, but, uh, you know, it's way, the way God intended, unfortunately. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Every girl would be made up with that ratio, actually. 
Okay, so are we starting the wine club now then? Yeah, we will. Just before we get into that, uh, apologies for the iPad, although it's great that we have an iPad. It has been defaced. Look at the back of it. <laughs> That's what I mean. <laughs> so you can see that it is, my, it is actually my little boy's iPad. Don't worry, be happy. Go with the flow. Yeah. Wise words. Um, but yeah, it's just to say subscribe, really, because uh, I know lots of people watch this on YouTube and uh, we need to get you to subscribe rather than just watch because it helps us. Okay, so my weekly wine this week. Are you okay? I've got one and it's a strong one. Oh it's... no, is it bad for me? No, it's not bad, but it's been like a, a thing. It's this, you know, constant competition of who's the most tired. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, I get that. I can't say I'm you tired. Did this morning. You did it this morning. Yeah, but I can't say I'm tired without you like reeling off a it's... whole barrage of reasons why you're more tired than me. It's exactly the same for me. Exactly the same. Like sometimes I'll get through the door and you'll say, you'll go, I'm so tired, I'm so tired. Before, <laughs> before I can go, oh, it's been a long day. We had a little row the other day. I can't remember what it was about. And um, I was going to work, but obviously for my work, I have to get my hair and my nails done and stuff like that. Because if I'm doing a photo shoot, I have to look half decent and half presentable. And um, the job provided a car, a cab for me to to get to this place so we were having a round and Pete texts me oh god I was like I'm so tired and he texts me back oh it must be exhausting getting chauffeur driven to get your hair done and your nails done and I just thought you little bastard but that, that didn't just come from nowhere <laughs> like that we were rowing before do you know what I mean I didn't just throw that bombshell at her yeah. like you were really rude before you left and then you got in the car and you were like oh I'm so tired oh. and I so I did say that yeah do you, want, do you want to apologise? Not particularly, no. So who do you think is the most tired out of us, genuinely? Well, for instance, last night, right? I have to work this evening. Yeah, but I'm not well today. Okay, you look all right now. <laughs> yeah, because I've got loads of makeup on, but I'm, I actually, I've, I've got a headache. My little boy had a cough, so I, I'm in bed with him all night listening to him cough. No, but I did the and same. And then you, get, you got up this morning and after sleeping in different beds so you didn't hear the cough. <laughs> That's not true. To, going, to go, I'm so tired. I wanted now, to kill you. No, so we get into bed, <laughs> then Jack's coughing in his own room. So he wanted to sleep with us. So he got in our bed. I was cuddling him. So you went in another bed. Yeah, for five minutes. And then you no. swapped me. No, you think it's five minutes, but it was in the middle of the night. I did like five hours, Pete. Oh, my God. And then... I can't let you lie to the to people listening to this. <sighs> no. You, and look at her face. So then I was like, can <laughs> oh we swap? God. I was like, can we swap? And you do a bit of the cough, coughing boy. And then I'll have a little bit of sleep. <sighs> Let's move on. <laughs> Righty. I appreciate you work hard. You know, when you're at work, I actually find going to work like a little bit of kind of relaxation time and a little bit of time out from the kids because when you're at home, you're doing dinner, you're cleaning, you're cooking, you're doing homework, bath time, bedtime. In the midst of this, they're having rows, they're running around. So when you go to work and you're with people your own age, it, it's actually it's actually a nice thing to do. So like while you're in work talking about football, I'm doing all the hard work at home. And then you come home and say you're exhausted. It's because it's not because I'm exhausted from what I've done in my job. It's because I've been up all night with the baby who's been coughing, got up early, taking the kids to school, and then I'm back at midnight. Long day. Shut up. <laughs> 
doesn't matter what I'm doing. It just matters that I'm out doing it. But we both I are. I love my job anyway. I'm incredibly lucky. I love my job, but it's, you're allowed to be tired. That's the thing. Even now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know. But like, he's, I think it's the thing with couples. Like, we've had a few emails about this before, haven't we? Mm. And, yep. you know, it's definitely a thing with couples. You can't come in and go, oh, I'm so tired. Like, and, and, then, and then the other person go, oh, my God, let me make you a cup of tea. Sit down, take your shoes off. For some reason, <laughs> for some reason, you have to then go, I'm more tired. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know why that is. I think we should change that, do you? Mm. Like, let's, instead of having a tired off, let's go like, we're both knackered, aren't we? Yeah. You know, let's go to bed and relax. I actually did do that to you yesterday when you came home. So I, I did, I went food shopping and it, it's quite, it's really hard kind of planning meals for every day and it's so disheartening when you put the dinner on the table and the kids are like, I hate that, I don't like that, I don't like this. They don't eat it. So Pete was like, I really fancy lamb chops. So knowing full well the kids don't eat lamb chops, I made like, I made a spaghetti bolognese for them and I made a vegetable soup. So, but I made you the lamb chops, made an, a marinade, lay them all out on the tinfoil to what the grill. The it was like coriander and garlic and olive oil and a bit of chilli. It's just what we like. It's probably not the right combination, but that's what we had. Uh, with mash and tender stem broccoli. And then it got it all prepared and Pete comes in, bearing in mind this is what he requested for dinner. And then comes in and went, oh, babe, I'm not hungry. I've eaten in golf. My my issue with this is that, yeah, I really appreciate that. I do appreciate that. But you'll only do a nice meal when I'm out, right? <laughs> so if I'm sitting there on the couch starving, right? No marinade, no chops. <laughs> Sort yourself out. So do you think this is tactical? I feel like it's a tactic to get me home. Yeah, I do. I'm having a few beers after golf, right? It's like, have a look at this what I made. Get home now, basically. Uh, I did actually send you a picture of all the chops. Yeah, on I, got, the... I never get a picture, right? Of ever. Like, yeah. if I'm coming home and she knows I'm coming home, I've never had a picture of the chops marinated, you know, marinated, sorry. You might as well have said, get home now. Mm. Then you know that's true. It's not true. It yeah, is I true. Think, I think we've been caught out. Are <laughs> It's not true. I've got a um, just a quick. Should one. we cheers to our wine first? Yeah, yeah. I'm not quite, quite, not quite finished though. Oh, uh, yeah. It's just something more. It's more for um, us as a couple, really. It's not like you, if you know what I mean. It's um, it's when we go to bed and we have we haven't planned the box set or we have finished one. Right, we'll oh, go yeah. up and we'll look for hours, and oh. you go like, oh, we're wasting so much time, and you just can't get the right one. You put one on and go, oh, it's crap, and then you just you flustered, and it's so annoying. And the worst part of it the other night was we were that, we struggled that much. Ab went on Rotten Tomatoes, right? And she was Googling, what is it called? Me. Rotten Tomatoes or something, right? You're Someone told it. me, I'm not on it. Someone no, told me about this thing, this um, website where you can rate gold, boxes. But we didn't know if the tomato was a good thing. Or the so green I didn't know splat. It was tomato. What was the other thing? There was a splat. A tomato, and there was something else, like a, something a bin else. or something. She was going to me. It's like after at night. I really want to go to sleep. But I'd like to watch something good. And she's going, Pete. What does a tomato mean? And an aubergine. <laughs> what does this splat mean? Is this good or bad? I was going. Oh, I'm done. I'm out. I'm I, out. I Just put the news on or something. I couldn't navigate that website. It was totally in, impractical. Yeah, I'm all over that. Because, oh, it, yeah. but it was. It wasn't like. Um, Current, it was fucking rating Harry Potter. 
I think it rates everything, doesn't it? I mean, you know, yeah, but some... why would you put Harry Potter up in the list of like wanting to watch a box set? Now we've all seen Harry Potter seven million times. Mm. I think there should be a guide <laughs> to, to, to working Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> if you're listening, Rotten Tomatoes people, um, we struggled. But I, I, I genuinely think that I think ninety nine percent of families, ninety nine percent of couples, go to bed every night and scroll through oh, Amazon or so Netflix and do it for hours. Oh, just so annoying and boring. But then we stumbled upon gold and we're into oh, it. We're it's into epic. It. Yeah, it's good. It's really good. The only thing is, is like... What we, did you go for? Gold. It's called gold. No, it's actually called gold. It's about the like gold heist in um, the 80s, was it? Mm -hmm. And uh, what's so funny about it is obviously the lead um, actor is Hugh Bonneville, who we know from Paddington. Uh, he's very good in it, isn't he? But mm. we keep forgetting his name as the detective. So Ab, when she comes, she might fall asleep or something, and then she'll ask me to explain what's happened, and I'll go, well, Paddington's gone into... <laughs> Paddington's he's not Paddington! Gone... No, I know he's not Paddington. He's the dad in Paddington? The way I explain it, you... you and I actually say his name. I've even forgot it now. Hugh Bonneville. No, what's his name in the in the thing? I keep forgetting it. In the show. In the show. It's what, call him DCI. You know Hugh. And um, <laughs> I, I she goes, well, who's DCI Hugh? And I go Paddington. And she'll go. <laughs> mm. There's nothing worse like falling <laughs> drifting off and then waking up and being completely what's lost. What's happened? What's happened, Pete? Mm. Well, well, Paddington's gone in there. Has done this. Do you think we should kind of get our listeners to give us some? box set recommendations to kind of stop oh, this know. or we could put them out on our we could do our own version of rotten tomatoes which is actually it. which is actually um works we could instead of using like vegetables and fruit we could just use like five stars like normal people yeah oh my god what we should do is only put the good ones on why would you put crap ones on five star no less yeah, but how do you determine that because my brother john who's sitting there has got the worst taste yeah, in movies. Sean, your brother Sean was worse. Said, uh, let's all sit down together. Let's watch Paul. I couldn't believe that one. Your dad <laughs> Paul? And, and Sean called us and said, you've got to watch Paul. So Paul's not the, like the, the alien-like thing. <laughs> comedy. Alien comedy. <laughs> Fucking Paul. As if oh, anyone oh. would watch that. <laughs> It's like, I was in for a gritty kind of drama. Or a sci-fi. I don't like comedy. a sci-fi. Oh, I love a sci-fi. I can't bear a sci-fi. I don't know. There are certain kind of sci-fi things, like Game of Thrones was quite good. But th yeah, that's because it's a porno. It's not porno. I don't know why you keep saying it's a porno. Because I've heard, I've heard it is. There's, not, it's not porno. there's lots of things in it. But there's, yeah, there's a bit of sexual content as well. But it's not like a porno. It's not like the Incredible Gulp, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> it's not it's not disturbing enough for you no green bikinis in it is there Ugh, vile. do you know what i nearly bought a green neon bikini the other day oh, and was like what? i had to stop myself Joking. no unreal like for holiday because like neon on holiday is amazing like makes you look tanned neon green's phenomenal and then it just said the visions of you having flashbacks of the incredible gulp and being completely disappointed when it's me and not doing incredible. No, I wouldn't be doing anything incredibly gulpy, <laughs> like at, at all. So you would be disappointed. So I didn't get it. I didn't get it. Oh my god! So should we cheers to our weekly wine? Yeah, I enjoyed that. I already enjoyed that one.
but I'm babe. Do you know, it's, it's a good, it's a good sign when you're Ugh. getting things off your chest and you can laugh about I it laugh at the end. About it. And we we have helped people. We're talking so, about yeah. no one. Let's not have this tired off. Yeah, it's pointless. Doesn't do anyone any harm. It let you let your spouse or you know your partner enjoy their tiredness, wallow in it, okay. in their self pity. Okay. Let them enjoy it. Cheers. Cheers. Um, the weekly wine club is something that people should bring into their own lives at home and maybe let us know how it goes you know sit down have a glass of wine get and it off just your chest. like say right what's your issue this week that i can work better on and what's your issue and like vice versa but then always have a little glass of wine or whatever even you know cup water, of tea anything cup of tea just a little cheers and just strip and it's gone yeah you know it's probably good to keep keep on top of these things so this week's topic, what are we going to... Well, we're getting into neurotic parenting. Um, this is something, like, across the board, there's loads of neurotic parents out there. Um, I would class you in this category. Without joking, I honestly think you, you know, you are so worried about... You have health anxiety. Um, you are, you know, very cautious of the kids doing anything that would hurt them. Um, and I get, I get that. I think all parents are, but I do think you are beyond the level on that. And, that. and that's not joking. And I also think it really helps sometimes being like that because you spot things early, any illnesses or any bumps or bruises or you're overly cautious. Whereas mm. I am not on the other way. But I sometimes wish I was more like you. And I do think that you would sometimes be... It'd be better for you health-wise if you were yeah, a little bit more because like Because it, it is a hindrance having this kind of health anxiety issue it, i think it it comes from a fear of something happening to mm. someone you love you know do you think I, there's a something that ha happened that has made you like this or have you always been like this or was it kids when having kids i think i've always been a bit of a worrier because i've always been like quite maternal and i was a lot older than my brothers and sisters so i was kind of like a mummy figure to them in a way but i think obviously the main reason is, you know, when Sophia was a baby and she had she had a health issue, which was at the time literally the most scariest time of my entire life. Um, anyway, she had this operation and it was probably the most traumatic part of my life and we were in Great Ormond Street for three weeks after that. And I went down to like seven stone, didn't I? Yeah, bearing in mind, like, we're living in Great Ormond Street, right? I'm still playing football at the time and... Ab was living there full time, and I'm obviously going to football, coming back, and you know, and traveling to and from. Um, but that <clears throat> instinct of you as a mother, like, was unbelievable. I thought how you behaved in that situation. Whereas, you know, I, you know, I take the mick out of you because we goes out, we go for days out in hospitals, <laughs> and get scanned, go for lunch <laughs> after. You know, <laughs> it's like a full day out for us. But in that situation, like, where something is happening it's like mum mode kicks in, you know? And I, d I don't know, like, for me, I just... You, the way you behaved in that situation was unbelievable. Like, I you could, would I die for your kids, you I know? couldn't do that now. Like, after going through that. And it was funny, because at the time, and there was, like, all, like, things in the paper, oh, she's so thin, she's starving herself. And, and I was like, if only you knew what was going on behind the scenes. And I think that's, like, an important thing to bring up. Like, you don't know what people are going through. Mm at home so to always be kind do you know what i mean like so 
I, I had to I had to come down. I remember I remember dragging you out of the hospital. You wouldn't leave, would you? I remember dragging you out and taking you for lunch. I couldn't eat though, could I? I know, but I was just trying to force feed you. When she went down for her operation and you have to sign these forms and it's like, if we do this, the child could end up with this. If we do this, it could end up with this. If we do this, he could die. You know, that's how... It's a real form that you're signing. Like you have to trust someone with your baby's life and it's Mm. the most unnatural thing in the world. But when they decided that they had to have like a certain surgery... Um, that we obviously spoke to. I'm having a panic attack even we, thinking about uh, this. No, well, this is this <coughs> is the this is the issue. Like it's all gone now. Like you still these panic attacks and things like that. Like she's this yeah. Is just to be thing. clear, this, she's absolutely fine now. Like and there's absolutely nothing wrong, and she's a fit, healthy, eleven year old. But I remember wh- when we went to see that one doctor, and he just, uh, he just about, like, no that's compassion. Exactly what I was about to say yeah, and he said that you had to have this, and you were just like no. And this is why I'd always advocate getting a second opinion. Because yeah. he's a surgeon and we, we don't know anything about this kind of surgery. And we spoke to him and he said, you have to go down this route. And you were like, no. It's not, not happening. Doing, it's not happening. We're not going down that route. And then, and I said, I was like, well, he's a surgeon. Like, we have to go with what he says, surely. You were like, no, 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 no. Spoke to another surgeon who did it another way, the way that we wanted to do it. And Well, the way he wanted to do fine. it. Yeah. Which is, you know, down to you, <clears throat> which is incredible. But I can see it now, like... like, like I, I, can't, I can't even go to a hospital now, can I? After that, like, if, uh, you know, like, in the past where, like, one of the kids, like, fell and cut the finger or something and might need a stitch or... I, I cannot go. I cannot go. I have got this innate fear and phobia, like... It's a real thing, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a health anxiety, isn't it? Mm. And I think it comes from having, you know, we've got a big family. We've got four kids and, you know, it's that fact of feeling so lucky that you've got four healthy children and you're kind of thinking oh god is something gonna happen mm. you know but i think you know it's when I, your life's when your life's good and things are going well like you you can't allow yourself to enjoy it. to enjoy that you always think something's gonna go wrong yeah and you've had you've seen people about it haven't you yeah i, I actually went to see a hypnotherapist how did you find it it, it definitely worked. I think going, you know, I haven't really opened up about what happened to Sophia and don't really want to in, in its full capacity because I think some things are private. And, uh, but going to, to see this guy, Tim, was incredible. And, it, you know, it just gives you certain thought strategies and ways to cope and to find out what your triggers are and to overcome them and... You know, just thinking in a different way. But like going broader now, like even now, um, you know, if the kids have a cough, it's something far worse, right? If we have a cold, it's pneumonia. If it's if it's a headache, it's something. You know, I don't even want to say the words what it could be, but because... that's how you think. And like, you then go and every single doctor we've ever we've ever known has always said to you, don't go on Google because you'll always find the worst scenarios out, and then you'll replay them in your head and you'll think things. But you consistently do that on a daily basis, and I know. you're you're it's literally like form of self sabotage in some way. Is, I don't yeah. know, and I'm sure there's people out there who have the same thing, but you know, it's it's hard. And even when I think, oh my god, there's something wrong with the baby, I ha- I'll have to go. No, no just to, yeah, but I, I, en- I envy you that you don't have that thought process in your head. Yeah, but I, 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 also, I, also, I also don't let on to you if I'm. I don't even want to say this because 
Yeah, if, you if know, you're worried. If, some, if I'm worried, I can't then go, I'm really worried because then I'll see your, you'll go times 10. Mm. But the, the doctors in Great Ormond Street at that time and the nurses, they were just fabulous and we spent weeks in there. And There was a great place that we, we, we try and do a lot for Great Ormond Street just because of how, how much they helped us. Hey? Mm. They were amazing. My sister goes there and cuts all the kids' hair and stuff, doesn't she? We're in, yeah. um, it's a great in there great for a long hospital. time. But the, the doctor, he's actually passed away now. And a funny story, actually. <clears throat> I often I often texted him just to see how he was because he basically, you know, we owe Sophia's mm. life to him in a way. Do you mm. know what I mean? He was the most incredible man. And then... So, I, like, if my kids would bang the head, I'd be like, Doctor, Doctor, do you think this is okay? And he'd just laugh at me and go, Shut. He actually blocked me at one stage, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Well, there doctors, we, we, doctors out there, so many doctors we, have given you have a number, and uh, I've said to them, just big mistake. Yeah, we had to, um, <laughs> we had to go and see him for regular checkups, and he was like, Pete, can I deal with you in future because your wife's absolute nutcase? You were calling him about everything. He's a surgeon. He wasn't, <laughs> he wasn't a GP. I know. He's like the, one of the best surgeons in the world. Can I can but, I go tell the story with you? Do you no, want to go first? Yeah, but I, I I texted him like, God, it must be going over a year. It was in lockdown, I think. And um, I got a text back from his wife saying he just passed away. And I actually couldn't, oh, it's making me cry and thinking mm. about it. <clears throat> and I couldn't believe it, could mm, I? Mm. And I actually felt like... He was saying, like, bye. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because he was such it's a big... Weird. We hadn't spoke to him for ages, and then all of a no, sudden... No, I did. I used to text him all No, the but time. it was a while since she last texted him. Yeah, but and he then was just an incredible him. man, and he dedicated his whole life to saving other people oh. and kids and going, travelling all over the world, trying to help. And then he died. And he was... He must have been in his 60s. Yeah. But he was an incredible doctor. He was. Oh, yeah, that's that. Well, just to lighten the mood on the, <laughs> yeah. on, on this doctor. You all right? Yeah, fine. He, um, I remember after the, after the operation, um, it all went really smoothly with our little girl. We were and, sitting um, in a cafe over the road, we weren't was, we, over the road from no, the hospital? Yeah, we were just sitting there. And then, with um, a jug of sangria. <laughs> yeah, because, it, you know, we'd been told it was, it was fine. Anyway, he was walking in and he was showing a trainee doctor around um, the hospital. And uh, Ab just ran and jumped on the doctor, <laughs> wrapped her legs around him and kissed him on the lips. <laughs> and um, I approached it. And then, and then the doctor went, he was showing the young doctor around and he said um, to the doctor... I don't think I kissed him on the lips. Well, it was close. With tongues. It was very exciting. I've tongue, tons, I played exciting tonsil tennis with him. And he literally said to the trainee doctor, um, not every day is like this. He said, this is a particularly good day. <laughs> <laughs> that was his quote. Yeah. Oh, he brilliant. had a great sense of humour, didn't he? No, he was great. Yeah, so th it's like happy tears. And, I, you know, I don't want anyone like going, oh, feel sorry. This is a, like a time in our life, which we've overcome. And thank God everything's fine. But, you know, seeing the work that they do in, in Great Ormond Street and, you know, the, the, some of the kids in there who, you know, are not as fortunate as ours. Yeah. You know, ours wasn't like a light. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Threatening illness or anything like that, but, you know, there, there is... That's such a difficult time. Like, we went through that and we came out the other side and yeah. it wasn't as bad as, you know, some of the other kids in well, there. Yeah, I, I don't know how... I don't know how parents find the strength to deal with these kind of things. Well, you I, know, do. We can, I do. We can, we can, you, we can you, laugh and joke. You were amazing. Like the, that, that motherly instinct like kicked in there, and you were just—you wouldn't leave her side. And it was to the point where your own health was becoming an issue, and I had to sort of like make you eat or leave the actual bedside. You know, that's something that you can't—you can't, you can't like. That's either in you, or it's not. You know, and that—that mm. that is in you, and that, and I'm so glad that's in you because we all feel so much better. You know that you have that. Thank you. Yeah, we do. I mean, we're lucky, you know, you, there's not one thing. You know, if I say to you, I've, you know, I'm getting scanned the next day, you know what I mean? You're, you're <laughs> yeah. just on it, aren't you? No, I think, I think health is, is so important. Well, it's, it's the main thing. Without your health, you've got nothing really. Um, but I, I, I definitely think this is where it all stems from for me. And I, you know, I try and be more rational with things. But as you say, they have a cough, I'm like, it's something serious, mm. but I, I think it's stems from that trauma, um, and it is something I am I am working on. But I I, th I think as well though, it's good to have a little bit of that because I think you know mums know they know these things. Yeah. No, I mums think, and I think, dads. I think it's good to have that in you definitely. But is there a case where it goes a little bit too far? Like yeah. for instance, Sophia wants to go on a school trip and you won't let her. Yeah. You know things like. You know, you can't do this and you can't do that because of they, this might happen. Yeah, no, it's 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 a it's a trauma that filters through to the ridiculous. You know, it's justified in 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 those situations, but then it's like you gotta let kids be kids as well. Yeah, I don't want them to go on a school trip because I don't want them to go on the bus because if something happened or you know. I, I volunteer on every school trip and then the kids are like that. Oh, can we... That's constantly on the, on the buses going everywhere. Like. <laughs> when, when, <laughs> when I... Um, we had to go on that watchtower yeah. and I had like 20 little kids or however many, no, me no, and a few teachers. And I was like, can we all go in this watchtower and see the whole view of the area? No kids, you're not going up there. It's, it's not safe. And they were all like, we want to go up there. I'm like, no, because I'm terrified of heights. <laughs> Oh that was like God. the main attraction in this science thing. The we were at. Why they went there. It was like the, 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 the actual like best thing of the day. It was like, no, 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 we're not, no, going, we're up not there. going up there. I was like that crying, walking halfway up. And I was like, I can do this. No, kids, come on. It's not safe. It's wobbling. It's Get down. wobbling. But it is, it, it is a thing we which is important not to do because to transfer your own fears onto your own kids. Like Sophia's fine. She's like 
super laid back. She's like you, but Liberty is a, a total scaredy cat and she definitely gets it from me. Mm. But I, I, I've said over the years, like, to remember when they fall and things <clears> like that and you'll do like, ah! You like, yeah. you'll make it and then they only start crying where it's Because I've got afraid. Yeah, and like, you'll frighten them to them thinking, oh, I've hurt myself. When yeah. actually, you know they haven't. So I know why... You know, say I'm perfect. Obviously not, but when they Super fall, when yeah. they fall, if you look the other way, you know you can see them out of the corner of your eye, and you're looking if they're hurt or not, and then they'll look at you, and you haven't even reacted, and they get up and they walk it off. Mm. You know, it, it is a it's, obviously if they're hurt, you've got to look after them, but if they're not, you've got to let them. Yeah, but each work child it out. we've had, I have got better with that. Yeah, definitely. definitely. So you're you know, Sophia now. was literally born in cotton wool and stayed there for about in cotton wool for about 10 years because it even put me off having like there's a big age gap between liberty and sophia like i was so scared of having another baby because i just didn't want to anything to be wrong and go through that kind of thing and not, it's not even it sounds like it's a selfish thing like oh i don't want to feel this way but it's you know i can't cope with things i just want the kids to be happy and healthy do you when, know when you say that though like you say you can't cope like going back to Sophia I've, you've proved that you can like something kicks in like you say I wouldn't be able to cope and I'd be neurotic but then I watch you be so strong like it's something kicks in and I watch you go from oh my god you know neurotic to being mm. a like you say like a super parent like a doctor like a oh, counsellor like honestly you did you did I most saw it most of our when... best friends are doctors and I just love it <laughs> they're literally my best friends you should have been a doctor I know. I should have. She loves it. Like she knows every illness. Like the the doctor will say something and she'll go, "That's so and so," and because of this, and they'll go, "Jock itch." Friggin' up. <laughs> <laughs> Don't bring my jock itch into this. <gasps> Novak. <laughs> What's Novak? Novak jock itch. Oh. <laughs> tennis pants. Tennis pants. Were you tennis lovers out there? No. Um. <laughs> No, it is a funny thing when the doctors say that, don't they? What do you think it is? And they're like, correct. <laughs> you are good at that. Yeah, but then that that filters down to the, like, the helicopter parenting. Like Sophia just got... This is um, a term that I've only just found out. I know about it. So Sophia got a scholarship into her new school and we went for this kind of meeting and they had this... Um, what are they, a speaker? Is that what they're called? Speaker? Yeah. A guest speaker. Guest speaker. They, they had a guest speaker and she was teaching us all about helicopter parenting which was just it was fascinating and I was like oh my god that it's is me it's literally you isn't it and saying all facts about like from the age of like naught obviously please don't quote me on this I should have done more research actually but I didn't think about it till now um, like from the age of like naught to four like kids have got are, like full of imagination and no fear and they can they play in a certain way and the, the, they don't have confidence issues like when kids are like getting up singing and stuff and it only as they it's only as they get older these kind of things kick in like the embarrassment shyness and it's because it's to do with this helicopter parent and if you're putting like pressure on your kids oh do this do that they don't then fail. they don't want to try because they don't want to fail so it's kind of like a vicious cycle and then you think your kids being lazy and they, they don't want to try and you know, it's 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 a mad thing. If you think about all the bad stuff that you have, as a, it only comes from when you're older, isn't it? It's like, or if you like, you say, or you have all the confidence, you'll get up naked and sing in front of anyone. I or, still do that. You know, you're you're constantly <laughs> learning. You know, you're the, the, like you say, the shyness and you know the, the the fear, all comes because of 
you know, that's that's sort of instilled in you, isn't it? Instilled and, and of course you need fear in some ways because you know you don't want to be, you know, when you're 16 on the top of a freaking climbing frame, jumping off it, you know. But <laughs> you know, you, you do need an element of fear, don't you? But there is there are so many things that we portray we put on the kids. Yeah, like um, to Sophia when she started this new school, they had so many um like clubs on offer and I like signed her up for like current affairs, Spanish, algebra class. And I was like, I, I want to go to this school. I want to do all these things. And she was like, mom, I'm not doing that. I want to do like me sports and then play on the playground. Mm. And that's okay as well. You know, the, starting year seven, the finding the feet, the creating new friendship groups. And I, I did have to take a step back and think, you know, I've got to let you. hair be hair. I can't mm. push the things I want to do and things I didn't do as a child because I didn't have the same opportunities as her. You know, she's her own person and she'll decide. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. Although I would love to sit, I'd just like to be in current affairs, like Elf. So would I. You know, an Elf goes to school. <laughs> That'd be me. Sitting in current affairs, just trying to learn, just like a sponge. Mm. Whereas, but if I was at school, current affairs, <clears throat> no thanks. I'd rather oh, yeah. do 18 keep-ups. Keep yeah, but that's fun for you. 18 keep, keep you up some ears. Hell, I can't even do one. <laughs> right, Ab, Ab sent me this earlier, right? What is the definition of a neurotic parent? Um, otherwise known as neurotic parenting or overparenting, the term helicopter parenting was first coined in 1990. It's used to describe parents who are extreme in their focus, always hovering around their children and worrying about their safety as well as their th- physical and mental well-being. When I first read that, I thought it said hoovering around their children. I thought this is literally Ab. <laughs> Put it on medium! <laughs> Get it on medium! No, it, that is me. And do you know what? It's only, it's only when you read things like that in black and white, you think, oh my God, that is quite, it's quite a lot. But you know, our, our kids are happy and healthy. Like I encourage them to be who they are. They wear what they want. Mm. You know, they're happy the confidence, the kind. But it's even like when I go to the swimming galas, like in, in the swimming galas, for example, I am like a maniac. Like our daughter, Sophia, is an amazing swimmer. And we go to these galas and literally it's the highlight of my week. I am like a wild banshee in the audience <laughs> screaming. Like so she I, can I, even so hear she, me. Like, she just has no interest in sport. And she walks into a swimming pool <laughs> and it goes apeshit. <laughs> it's like, I scream that loud. I think Sophia can even hear me underwater. It's mad. I don't know what gets into you. I know. I just love it. Like, I I didn't even think I had a competitive streak. But it's so funny. Like, with all the parents, I'm like, you know, we're all like, oh, she trains 10 hours a week. I'm like, mine only trains three and she wins everyone. You know? It's like... <laughs> Turned into, like, a proper swim mom. Swim mom. Which is really upsetting me at the moment because Sophia's kind of... Not loving the swimming as much as she used to. She's not enjoying it that much. She's not enjoying it, which is so... You know, how do you navigate that as a parent? You know, when someone's got so much talent, a natural talent and ability, and they don't want to do mm. it. Like, what? what is the answer to that? Do you go, you're doing it, end of, shut your mouth, get in the pool? Or are you... Do you... That's what, what we've gone with. What, what do you do? What do you do? Tell me. I think it's difficult for a young child when you've got, um, you know, a helicopter parent hoovering around the water. <laughs> Shut up! No, but you know, you know, you had this as a child growing up. You had a, your 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 dad I kind was of incredibly passionate about football. So yeah. if so, when someone has that level of passion for it, 
it's all you want to do, it's easier. It's, 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 it's easier for that parent. So that parent will then say, well, you know, if you don't go to training today because there's a party on, you won't make it as a footballer. And that was enough for me as a person to go, if I don't, if I don't go to training today. So I went to training every time. But if you yeah. haven't got that passion, that love for that, for that sport, unfortunately, you're not, you know, it's a two-way street. You've yeah. got to have it. And there are times if someone's so talented that you have to tell them, you know, you don't, don't, let this opportunity go because you've got but the, that must have happened so many times there must be so many incredible footballers that were coming through Millions. the ranks of that age where it was like do i go to training or do, do i go out drinking with my friends because you know that that chunk of your life like you know that's like the most fun part of your life like yeah. of anyone's life like your teens to your 20s and you're going out and you're going on like lads holidays or girls yeah. holidays you know to sacrifice that mm. with no guarantee of actually making it must yep. have been. But this is this is the, this is exactly what um, you know. I, I, I would, I've talked about this before, like trying to instill that in my in our kids because that period where uh, say fourteen maybe um, to sort of twenty one is the most important because I feel like that is when you can get a leg up on everyone else. That is the opportunity that when everyone um, else dips out, when everyone else is going to parties, is taking a focus off it. Their eye off the ball, not you know, literally with football, but with anything else you want to go into. If you're already working at 16 and you're in an industry that you want to achieve in, by the time you're 21 and those kids have been to uni, dust about a bit, and then they go right, I need to get a job. You're already five years in. You're mm. already four years ahead of them. You know, you've already learnt your craft. It's the for me, I just think that's the most important time of your life, and it's so hard to instill in a you know an adolescent teenager. Mm. That that are the values you should have, but yeah. But does that only work if you have got a passion? Because most, you know, it, it was easy for yeah. you cause you, because you went down that I, football I that route. Goal, yeah. But for most teenagers and most kids going to uni or not going to, they don't really know what they want to do. So the so the option is have fun at the weekends, isn't it? You know how how 100%. how do you? Because that's kind of that's kind of a hard one. If if you're saying. You have to dedicate those years to what you want to be then when they don't know. Exactly. So all what I'm saying is 95% of kids will, will go down that route of like having fun, going to parties, like everyone does. But what I'm saying, I think if you want to excel and be at a level where, you know... So this really applies to sportsmen, doesn't it? Because it, 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 it only really applies to sportsmen. No, I don't think or, so. I don't think so. No, or, yeah, well, it does because no one's at 13 going, I'm going to be a lawyer. No. I'm not going out no, no, on that I, party I, I, tonight. I know plenty of people who have gone into working with their dad in a building firm when they're 16. And, and, and go, I'm going to run this company one day. I'm going to run this. This is my goal. This is what I want to do. Or you go into advertising, leave school. I'm not saying, I'm not advocating leaving school at 16, but what I'm saying is having a goal and having a purpose and having a drive and going for that at that age and putting all your effort into that mm. is a good way of, I think, succeeding early on in your career. Yeah. But now I'm 37. I still don't know what I want to be. Like, that's the truth. Like, there's so many times I've thought I'd love to go into th further education. I'd I love, would love to, to go back to school and do I'll, that. I, honestly, I think because I think you'd be a, like, a, you could be a doctor. Yeah, but I'll be about 95 when I'm qualified. So what? Who, who cares? It, it, it'd be, it's something that a goal and like, you know, you'd be so. Imagine you just like you were a doctor and you, I know it takes. Years. Everyone's probably laughing their heads off at this right now. Babe, you could do it. I know you. You could do it. 
your neurotic helicopter <laughs> tendencies <laughs> are perfect for but it. But the thing is, it's yeah, hard, yeah. especially when you've got when you've got so many kids. I think most women feel this. Or both actually, mums and dads. Like when you when you have kids, you're kind of your life and your dreams and passions do go on hold. Number one, because they have to. You've got to look after... Like, we had three kids under five at one stage. There's no way I could be doing a law degree or, you know, any doctor's certificates at that at that point in my life. I think there's so much to go out here with neurotic parenting. I think we should probably do another episode continuing the theme and then maybe mm. even, you know, go into my style of parenting, like sailboat parenting, <laughs> where you glide down... A calm yeah, seafront, but, but that's not fair. To, that's not fair to say I'm the neurotic one, and you're the calm one. It's because Peter Crouch, oh. I take a lot of, I deal with a lot of the. Am I getting told off now? No, you're not getting told off. I'm just telling you, like you, I deal with a lot of the stressful things and the things that you have to manage and become neurotic over. Like I'm still waiting for you to go and fucking my maths. <laughs> Three years in, you haven't done it once. I don't know. She didn't have a login, babe. For I've ages. sent you the email yeah, you with the login. Like, you, saw, you sent me it like three days Pete, ago. I haven't. I've, I've sent you it every every term, every month for three years. <laughs> yeah, that's not true. That is true. That is not true. I even had to forward the email off the teacher to say, uh, you know, Pete's like, Abby, with no login, just calm it. down. Like, calm down about all this. I will deal with this. And then um, just doesn't like like swimming the other day. Like, haven't obviously these fights with Sophia about going to her swimming lessons. And Pete's like, look. Don't you and Sophia fight about the about the swimming. I will take over the swimming from now on. I will take her. Came home from work. It's five past six. Sophia's sitting on the couch watching telly. I'm like, Pete, she's she start, should be in a lesson at half five. And he's like, oh, God, you sorry. You haven't sent me the timetable. <laughs> I I'm love like, that voice. She does not mean. The timetable. The voice is incredible. Really. The timetable I've sent. I'm going to oh, tattoo like it on your... Dope. Tattoo it on your frigging head. I'm gonna tie. I'm gonna put a helicopter like thing above your head, Drone. like that. You know, those, you know those hats that you can wear. <laughs> I am a helicopter parent. I am. Yeah. I, I'm proud of it. <laughs> anyway, I'm not proud of it. Anyway, come on, let's move on. I think we should do a part two. I think you're right. I think there's loads to go out. I think we should do a part two. Um, but look, for now, let's just get into the agony app. Right, I think we should move swiftly on to the. Uh, Perhaps my favourite part of the podcast, the Agony Ab. Uh, this podcast is the only joy I have at the moment. I put it on in my noise cancelling headphones and escape. <laughs> which is, that's a nice thing, isn't it? Mm. Um, I've been seeing my partner for a year now. When it all started, I couldn't believe my luck. My life was perfect and she was the reason why. Three months in, she's messaging me saying, we need to meet up, there's something I need to tell you. Oh no. As you can imagine, my heart was beating out my chest. I felt sick as from previous experiences, those conversations only end badly. So we sat down and she looked very sheepish. I was like, there's nothing you can say that was scare me off. Then she came out and said she's got a pair of 13-year-old twins she's been hiding. <laughs> I thought it was a bit mental. Did she... you say a pair of twins? No, because if you had a pair of twins, you'd, you'd have, have four. four. <laughs> Put your glasses on, love. Which oh. I suppose, yeah, I think that would be a bit mad. Because I remember my, my mum and dad always used to tell me off for saying, like, she's got two twins. You haven't got two twins. You've no, got you've twins. Got, you've got twins, yeah. A pair of twins is, is too many. Fuck her off if she's got a pair of twins. No one wants that. You can get through twins, but a pair of twins, you're fucked. Um, 
I don't, I, I don't know. 13, I mean, where should we be hiding them? Well, there's loads more. I thought it was a bit mental she hadn't mentioned it because we've been talking 24-7 and going out every weekend. I've always wanted a family, but it just hasn't worked out for me. I was actually made up and so excited to meet them both. Aww. A boy and a girl for contests. Let's call them Anon and Anonette. Anon <laughs> and Anonette. Anon and Anonette. Uh, so fast forward a year, they've all moved in. Um, it's it's not going very well, unfortunately. We feel like I'm living a real-life parent trap, but there's no happy ending. I even sat them down a couple of months back after a full day of constant schoolyard abuse when we took them to the local ice rink. I said I'm in love. I'm in love with your mum, and I've always wanted kids, and I've wanted to meet someone who has kids to be part of a family. This backfired immediately. They called me a milf muncher <laughs> for a solid month until I banned it. Oh my god! Wow. <laughs> then they changed it to Eminem, <laughs> and I get the occasional a real fat shady. Oh, incredible emails! These do I do I give up on them and just count down the days until they leave leave the nest? Um, Thirteen though is a long time. Or do I continue as a milf muncher, Andy Forty? Do you know what? It's so funny because like wow. when, when my mum and dad split up Incredible. and my dad did like have girlfriends or whatever, oh, we give them some abuse. Really? Oh, we, they harsh, got it. Did they? they absolutely got it. The nicknames were horrendous. We used to oh, cause so you trouble. Know. You've been in this situation. Yeah. We were full parent trappers, me and my brother. Is that what, if that's what you call it? Mm. We, we used to cause murder and then like act like angels to my dad. It's harsh, that. It is harsh, but, you know, it is hard for these kids, especially at that age, the the teenagers, the 13. You know, they're just going through puberty. That's like a tough age. He was happy to take that on. You know, he... She hid it from him at first, and then he was like, right, I'm actually really excited about this. And then they're being incredibly mean to him. Yeah, but for a woman as well. It is hard for women who've got kids to get a relationship, a a new relationship. It's not as easy... as for a woman as it is for a man and I think that's a fact you know so you know I understand why she's done that because she wants to test out the water see if it's going anywhere before she kind of introduces the kids it's like, Jude that, Law that's... and Holiday isn't it it's literally Jude Law and Holiday yeah. <laughs> yeah, but what I get it you know <laughs> there's a flaw in that movie though there is a flaw in that movie you know when he's got like all the girls calling him and it comes up as like Sophie and whatever the other one is mm-hmm. like the kid's like five. She's not going to have a phone and she's not going to be in his phone as Sophie either. No, I, I, I don't know because you would, if you were an only parent, you know, she has to get hold of you. You would give your kid a phone. I think. Because you can't always be with them and you're the single parent. Yeah, but they probably didn't have phones then when Holiday was made. I think they did. Also, what, what else are you having the kid in as? In your phone? Well, my, mine is... um. Sophia's in my phone as my Sophia with loads of emojis. Mm. What's she in as yours? Uh, Sophia. <laughs> <laughs> my sister's my sister's in Pete's phone as Princess L with like a mermaid I emoji. Because she put it in as that. Like she put it in herself. As You're that. my lovely hubby. Yeah. What am I in yours? Um, my my beautiful wife. Ah. Oh. <laughs> I think you put that in as well. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, th- this is a this is a tough scenario. I feel for the guy. Tough that. I understand the woman. The kids are just being a pair of little bastards. But hopefully, 
they'll get over they'll get over that because it's hard you know seeing your mum with a new guy it's not their dad i also think from the kids point of view it's like you know if your mum is happy like come on get let her be happy if he loves her stick it out like a kid from norfolk do you want to read this one hopefully i can for some reason i can never read when you give me something um kim from norfolk literally can't read it's mad i can read you, you before you literally said you wanted to be a doctor and you can't read <laughs> I can read. I just can't read out loud because I get nervous. Okay. Kim from Norfolk needs your help. Me and my boyfriend have been together for over seven years, bought our first home three years ago and now have our first baby on the way. Soon after we found out I was pregnant, Neil, my boyfriend, was invited on a stag, which was being planned for three to four weeks after my due date. Uh, no, he's not going. I'm very laid back about going out on lads' holidays, so I just said, yeah, that'll be fine. But now that it's getting much closer, I'm now 30 weeks pregnant and the stag is next month. It's beginning to feel a lot more real that we're going to have an actual fresh from the womb, newborn baby, and he'll be leaving me. He'll be leaving me to it for four days while he swans off to Amsterdam. I'm not even that worried about being left alone as my mum and sister are amazing and will stay at mine with me if I need and want the support. But I'm finding myself feeling annoyed about the fact he still wants to go. I'm with her. I'm with her. Can you imagine? Imagine still wanting to go to Amsterdam when you've just had a newborn baby three days before. What, so the baby's been born? No. Oh, the, no, it's, it's, it's what? The baby will be a week old when he goes. Oh, perfect. Go. <laughs> you know, obviously, you don't want to unsettle pregnancy-wise, but if the baby's born, you know, it's, it's all, all systems go. People keep telling me, oh, we might not want to go when he sees the baby and if the baby's actually here, but if he does, I'm going to think, why does this prick still want to go when people keep saying he won't oh, want to? Oh, my God. I haven't told him he can't go and I would never do that. But I will... She but, seems lovely. But will I be a dick if I make him feel bad about it after telling him he could go and he's paid a few hundred pounds and he won't that he won't get back? Would love to know your thoughts. Thanks. Update. Baby is now born and Neil is due to go to Amsterdam in less than two weeks. <gasps> I think she should just say, are you messing? You're not going on a bloody stag do when I've just had a baby? Mm. End of. I thought you might write it like this. <laughs> I had a suspicion this might this might come up. But I would never do that to you if you gave birth. <laughs> I would not leave you and be like, sorry, oh I'm going God. on a girl's trip. Not a chance. What is this sci-fi now? Like, uh, it's 20, 20th century. It's 2023, guys. It's 2023, guys. Anything's possible. What? So, but I don't. I think he's disgusting for wanting to leave the baby. Things a bit harsh. This has been booked for ages, right? And he paid his money, and the baby is two, three weeks old. Like he's been, you know, he's so he's so happy to be a father, so happy. And then he's just going away for a couple of days. No, but it's not even that. It's the aftermath. So he's going to go away for three days to Amsterdam and come back and be dead for a week at home and be completely useless to it. It's not the right no, time. What he'll do, he'll do what we all do. He'll come in and he'll go and he'll say, you'll say, have a nice time. And you'll go, yeah, it was great, thanks. You go, uh, well, well, you must be knackered like from all the drinking. You say, do you know what? It was quite quiet. <laughs> we didn't actually chicken that much. I wish I'd stayed at home. <laughs> you just belt out all the... All the usual You dribble. always do that? Like if Pete's like... All the usual <laughs> drivel. Like and then you pretend to not be knackered when you've had an hour's sleep in three days. <laughs> God, you're an absolute scumbag. Because no, I know you do that. Well, that's, that's what you have to do. You have to just be a man. You have to you come home and you have to go... I man didn't. in the night is a man in the morning, which you constantly it, tell well, me. A man in the evening is a man in the morning. You go out, you get up. 
Do you know what I mean? This is the way you've got to live your life. And you come home and instead of moping around, you do you do more. You go, Look, give me that ba- beautiful, gorgeous I wouldn't baby. want you touching a baby after <sighs> you've been to Amsterdam for a weekend, actually. I have to get you disinfected from head to toe <laughs> for a start. But the... um. It's like when, when Pete... <laughs> Take a minute. Pete, yeah. So obviously that golf trip Pete went on. Um, one of his friends who went with him, when he got home and he went to bed, his, his wife made him get out the bed and get out the room for being too tired. <laughs> In his own bedroom. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> no, it's I, something that you have, to, you have to come home and you have to burst through the door with love and energy. If you want to go on these trips, this is my advice to, to anyone that's going on a trip you know, when when in a long term relationship, just be energetic when you get home. Because if you mope round and go to sleep and <laughs> in a different bedroom, which is you've had too much fun. What you want to do? You're admitting to you're having admitting, too much fun. You're admitting that you've had you had no sleep. Yeah, Pete's always like, <laughs> Pete's always like, I'm like, oh, how was it last night? Oh, it was so quiet. quiet. Went to this pub. There was only three people in there, and two of them were like pensioners. It's quiet, like, quiet. I wish I'd ever gone. And it was too long. That Hated trip. it. Not so going again. Th- that's his classic line. Not going again. Do you know what? We had a great time, but it's too long, babe. It's too long. I won't be doing that again. <laughs> At this point, I want to get the nine iron whack him over the head with it. Nice golf reference. A good reference, babe. Like that. Okay. So, uh, in summary, you don't think you should go. No. I, I, I think you should just keep trying, babe. <laughs> I think it's terrible. Abby and Peter, please help. My husband of six years is an avid Liverpool supporter. He's Come on, a, the Reds. He's had a season ticket since the age of three, and I feel like he's always prioritising football over me. I feel like I've always accepted this and been a good wife in allowing him to go to the majority of games. Allowing I even let, him. I even let go that he uh, leaves the house two hours before kickoff. We leave 20, we live 20 minutes from Anfield. He arrives home two hours after the final whistle, which has led me to my current frustration is that I recently had a second baby, which I'm which so happy about. However, oh. um, whilst I'm happily enjoying the challenges of a three-year-old and newborn, my husband is blissfully skipping off to work every day, then attending every <laughs> Liverpool football game. Again, being the loving, understanding wife that I am, I don't, even, I don't complain even though I haven't attended a social event in months. The straw that has broke the camel's back came today. I said, Mike... Look at this great event being held on Easter Sunday at the hotel we had our wedding at. Great, he said. Book us tickets, which which I did. And they cost me £75 of my maternity pay. Then he skipped out the door to watch his beloved team beat Man United 7-0. Yes, bosh. Bargain. When he returned home, he told me that after an afternoon of looking after the children, making a Sunday roast, taking care of his mother with a broken ankle, that he had checked the fixtures. And on Easter Sunday, <laughs> Liverpool were playing Arsenal at home, Ugh. which would therefore be unable to come to the Easter party with us. Am I being unreasonable in being absolutely livid that he would rather watch a football game than attend a lovely family event on his daughter's first ever Easter? Or am I simply a crank? He goes to every game, league and cup games. So I don't think I'm being unreasonable for him to miss one. Anyway, divorce is pending. Um, <laughs> and I look forward to your opinions. By the way, I love the podcast. Has me in tears of laughter. Um, doesn't say a name here, but obviously from Liverpool. Okay. I, I think this is 
hilarious because this is kind of my mum's life growing up. Like, I think for two of my siblings' births, my dad was at a Liverpool game and it had to be announced on the tannoy. Mm. And I don't even think he came. <laughs> really stayed. I think he. I think he watched the end of the game and then came. And I think my mum said... Um, like when she was giving birth, he he was like drunk or whatever and was like had his feet up on the bed, like snoring in the corner. Like I don't know how true that is, but um, my my dad is the biggest sure. Liverpool fan, so I know exactly what she's going on about. With for you, you're not you're quite good. I think I, I've found the balance now. Like obviously, I've been to every game because I've played in them. You know, yeah. so. I think now there's a... I try and do a bit of give and take. Like, football's on every minute if you want it to be. Yeah. Because I did feel bad for you when we were at Longleat and, and he, he had to listen to the Liverpool game, this same Liverpool game, on the radio. Because I, I actually offered to drive, didn't I, and say, you watch it on the phone. Yeah. I watched it when I came back in, but it's obviously not the same. I don't get that. Why is it not the same? Well, because you've got to see it live. Yeah, but you could just... You've got to see it live. I mean, you know, you could bury your head in the sand, but it's so hard these days with your phones and updates and, mm. you know, the radio. It would be impossible. But the, the only thing you did change um, with regards to football is our vow renewal. You know, I, we, when, when we um, planned the whole vow renewal and then had to change the date because it was on the Champions League, uh, the World Cup final, which is not even a team that you'd even like. It's the World Cup final. It comes over. That comes around every four years. <clears throat> yeah, but we, we, England we, weren't even we in it. We literally could choose our wedding vow renewal any day. There's no real point in booking it on the World Cup final day. Easter Sunday can't be moved. I think. So I'm just fast forwarding to Easter Sunday now because we've got a family day booked. Well, I didn't realise it was Liverpool last. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's what I'm just thinking. We just agreed before off air that we would cook. No, that was Mother's Day. To be Day. fair, we could still cook. And, no, that's and, Mother's Day. Oh, sorry. What's this? Easter Sunday. Easter Sunday. We're at a kid's family Easter fun day that day. Yeah. Which I've booked, pre-booked. Yeah, yeah, but we can still go if it's, if it's a day. I mean, kickoff, I imagine, will be, if it's a Sunday. 4.30? yeah. I imagine that'll be the, the big one. So we can work around that. And I think maybe they can work around that. You know, obviously, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sit here as a football loving person and say he should go to the event. I I know how she feels. She wants him there, and but she knew what she was getting. He's into. a diehard Liverpool fan. He's had a season ticket to, since he was three. You know, Liverpool fans are diehard, and they put their club before anything in their life. So. I think she did know that when she met him. Yeah, and I know it's hard. I empathise with her, and I would love to say to her, "Tell him he can't go," but I just don't think it's going to happen on this occasion. Oh well, well that was the agony abs. Um, really enjoyed that. Did you? Mm. I, I just think some of the descriptive writing in the uh, in the emails are fantastic. So keep them coming. <laughs> yeah, um, it's the therapycrouch dot com. Uh, all our socials, isn't it, babe? The mm -hmm. the tic tac and the YouTube. YouTube and TikTok. Yeah, thanks for tuning in. I think we got quite deep in scenarios there. Obviously, you know, you got a little, little bit upset about, you know, what we've been through. We talked about doctors, neurotic parenting. Um, and I think you got a lot off your chest and felt a little bit like therapy. It was like, it was fun and also... No, I, I think um, it was a 
bit of an emotional roller coaster today, but I think some good topics covered. You know, I think that, you know, health anxiety or helicopter parenting or neurotic behaviour as parents is a common thing and, you know, something that should be talked about. And I think there's definitely room for part two on this because it's such a vast, it's an open field, isn't it? There's so much to talk about. Yeah, and I think people appreciate you being open about, you know, quite a private situation for us, but you were very open and, and hopefully that's also helped people that would feel like that. And I think sometimes if you listen to a podcast and you're being as open as you have been today, you know, that might help someone else. Um, and there's been obviously a few laughs along the way. So it was a good, well done today. And you've really excelled yourself. <laughs> so please tune in next week. Yeah, and follow us on all our socials, thetherapycrouch.com, TikTok, YouTube, and we'll see you next week and Instagram. Cheers, guys. So guys, if you enjoyed that, we've got so much more content on our YouTube channel. Click here to subscribe and click here for more videos. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.